0: Hi everyone, welcome to the next episode of the Highbury Hangout. Today I'm really excited to be talking about the emphatic victory in the North London Derby. Firstly, let's kick things off with a quick review of the game. So it was a 4-0 win in front of a record-breaking crowd at the Emirates. Beth Mead put us ahead just five minutes into the game. There was then a near miss from Catley on the half-hour mark, with our Australian duo of her and Ford looking really dangerous throughout the entirety of the game. Then, just before half-time, Meadmar scored our second, which is actually her seventh overall against Spurs. By the half-time whistle, we were looking incredibly strong, having had nine corners and ten shots. In the second half, Rafa Souza jumped high to translate a corner into a strong, looping header of a goal. The fourth goal came again from Meadema during a set-piece. Jonas made multiple substitutions at around the hour mark, with Jordan Black Blackstenius, and Hertig coming on. This point also saw Beth Mead leave the field to a standing ovation. As well as the goal difference, importance and the obvious bragging rights of winning the derby, the game also marked Zim'sburgers and the club's 8th consecutive clean sheet in the WSL, which no club in the history of the WSL has ever recorded. So, this game leaves us at the top of the table with two wins from two games. Before our next WSL game against Reading on October the 16th, there is of course our game against Ajax on September the 28th which will hopefully secure us our Champions League qualification slot. Now that we've had a review, let's take a look more specifically at the game. So when I first saw the team sheet, there was a few that I was quite interested by, but mainly by the fact that Caitlin Ford would be playing in the centre forward role instead of Blackstenius. In the post match press conference, after a question asked by Tim Stillman's Ask blog, Ideval said that he didn't play forward at centre forward with the creative superiority on the left with McCabe and Catley as a tactical move, but to do it with squad rotation. I personally think that could be true, but I definitely think he's underplaying the tactical strength of that, especially considering Spurs probably weren't expecting that kind of lineup. But other than that, I think the lineup was more or less how I expected it, a lot more similar to the Brighton game than the IX game, especially with McCabe starting, which absolutely was the right call given her controlled aggression throughout. But I really want to talk about Caitlin Ford in a bit more detail. She was so strong, so quick and aggressive from the first whistle until she was taken off. And I think on her post-match Instagram post, I saw Taya Goldie, who, quick side note, is back on the pitch. Not ready for gameplay yet after her injury, but it definitely looks really positive. And I'm really excited to see her come more into the fold of the team. Anyway... Tay Goldie commented Man of the Match under her Instagram post, and although Kim Little won Player of the Match, which was definitely well deserved, Caitlin Ford's effort should not be overlooked. It was absolutely immense. So, as I said, Ford came in up front instead of Laxtenius, who we've previously seen in that role this season. So where Blackstenius stretches teams and runs in behind, Ford usually comes in short and offers combinations allowing the wide forwards to be aggressive and run in behind. On that as well the differences, is Blackstenius utilizes the right whereas Ford prefers the left channel. As a result, Ford and the subsequent formation explains a lot of the positives from the derby. Throughout the game, Ford's press was immense, in some cases we saw her wait for the goalkeeper to commit to a pass decision before pressing to rip, for example. We also saw her force mistakes from the keeper when she was taking a long time to make those decisions, which definitely happened more after the first goal as I think pressure really began to mount on Spurs. Something else that worked very smoothly in this setup was how Ford would work the left channel moving into that position when required. This type of movement really allowed for Katie McCabe to invert into the centre forward role, providing more depth and options for the goal scoring moments, and I think really put the Spurs defence under pressure as well. Tottenham definitely worked more effectively to close the space in the channel we've been talking about in the second half. But overall, the second goal just before half-time had already changed the tone of the game. So I think at that point, it was probably too late for them. And that's actually something I think Tottenham have experienced in their bigger games. They're not quick enough to make those decisions to do tactics like that. Which obviously did work out as a positive for us. But as I say, I do think the second goal changed the tone. Another area of the formation which I think really benefited us throughout the entirety of the game was the dynamic duo of Walty and Little. The partnership was looking really comfortable and natural and obviously they've had four years to build up that role between the two of them. But under Eideval, I think their influence, especially off the ball, has grown massively. And I think Arsenal are only just beginning to tap the surface on the rewards that's reaping, which I think speaks a lot to what we can expect from the two. Kim Little can obviously get out of tight spaces and thread the ball between defenders like they're not even there, to be perfectly honest. Whereas Volti's strength is her ability to use both feet. In fact, even though Wally is right-footed, 50.53% of passes in the league last season were played with her left, which really speaks to her strengths and depth as a player. This means she can change the angle of Arsenal's play, and while the dynamic duo, like I said, isn't new to the game, I think we really saw in a lot of clarity the impact they had in the Tottenham game. I think it was particularly obvious in one of Beth Mead's goals where Kim Little just absolutely ripped away from Spurs defenders and midfield players and got the ball to Beth Mead, who obviously eventually scored. But this was only possible because of Wally taking up the space that Kim Little had left behind in order to do her job. Again, off the ball, Idaval likes them to play higher when out of possession, which I think helps the unit overall. Now, the final player I want to discuss just super briefly is Midamar. There was a lot of discussion surrounding her role in the game against Ajax. I felt both of her goals were brilliant was really great to see was her ability to find space there were many points where she found these points and you could see that the Spurs defenders and midfielders didn't know what to do you know should the defenders move higher and focus on her or should was it the role of the midfielders they just a didn't have the ability to cope with her and they weren't really communicating and Viv definitely used all of that to her advantage Miedemar also obviously pushed super high from her midfield role and scored two goals. Within the goals, especially the second one, we saw Viv weave through the space between two defenders. And I think it's important to note that one of those defenders was Ashley Neville, who is very, very good at her job and is normally really intuitive about where players are. So I think it really speaks to Viv's abilities. So, overall, and not just because of the goals, I think it was a much more positive game for me, Damar. And hopefully it it does help with her confidence, at the very least. Especially considering she was man-marked, basically, throughout the entirety of the game. My non-tactical, yet special mentions definitely go out to Beth Mead, who, along with lots of badge-tapping, which I love to see, also, when she was looking at, um, if anyone saw the red scarves, talking about them breaking the record for the crowd ticket attendance, saw the Tottenham bit and said, ooh, incredible. We love to see it. And also, Kate McCabe, who I actually thought would get into a bit more... I honestly think beef is the right word. I thought she'd get into a bit more beef with Ashley Neville, but she didn't. But I did clock that she was having a little giggle when Neville got her card, which I thought was absolutely brilliant. The final thing that I just really wanted to touch on was all of the discussion surrounding the fact that we broke the WSL record for attendance, which was, of course, incredible, but also the fact that there was a record ticket sales, but within that, the numbers were very, very different. So, just as a reminder, the number of tickets sold was 53,737, but the attendance was 47,367. Obviously, this represents a huge difference between who's kind of people who said they were coming and people that showed up. For me, one thing that hasn't been talked about is that the game went from being on a Sunday when tickets initially went on sale to them being on a Saturday due to broadcasting rights and things like that. What I would say is that the type a lot of the people that wanted to go to the game would have been younger children and especially those that play grassroots football. Grassroots football is normally played on a Saturday so as much as I don't think that accounts for all of the numbers by any stretch I do think people aren't talking about that and I think it is worth pointing out but overall I think it really draws attention to something that Emma Hayes talks about a lot that she says Football tickets for the women's game are just too cheap and I think this is what leads to people, you know, you buy the ticket because it's not that expensive in the grand scheme of things but then you can't make it or you're like, oh, no, I don't fancy it on the day and that is a decision you can make at the time because you're not really losing that much money. Now, for me, I don't necessarily think Emma Hayes is wrong or right. I think it's really difficult to know the answer to this issue because it's not something that's just happened at the North London Derby. It happens all the time. Overall, I think it's a difficult thing to kind of manage because you want to grow the game, you want to get new people there. But at the end of the day, we need to be making money and the crowds need to be full and they need to be making noise and an atmosphere for the teams. I think while we try to collectively find the answer to this dilemma we should just really focus on the positives that our game is now number one in WSL attendance and also that another team the uh, Anfield Liverpool Everton also broke into the top 10 of attendance and I think and hope that We'll be hearing a lot more in the news, a more frequent amount of games that are breaking this record. And also, it's not just records being broken for attendance in England. There was also a record recently broken in Brazil and the US. And I think just as a whole really speaks to the women's game movement globally. And I think it's a really exciting time to be involved. But as always, I'd love to know your thoughts. Do you think the tickets are too cheap and that's the reason for this problem of the difference in attendance? Or do you think it's something else? So that concludes this episode. Of course, now we hold on to the joy of beating our rivals, obviously. Definitely always... Honestly, if I'm being honest, when we beat Tottenham, it's probably in the top ten days, favourite days of the year... But um, now we look forward to our game against Ajax. I think we'll be a lot stronger from the start, and hopefully we'll even be able to set the tempo, which I think was a real key factor for them in the last game. But I, of course, will be doing an episode on a post-match chat on that game, where hopefully we'll be saying that we've made it to the group stage. Thank you for listening to this episode. i see you all soon.